spent today more than I've ever spent at a grocery store my entire life. We spent uh, a grand total of, you know, maybe I should just come upstairs a little earlier. I don't know. <laughs> we spent a grand total of $340 at the grocery store. Now, granted, we bought 15 bottles of gin. No, that's not true. It's just uh, groceries are going up. But I found something at the grocery store that I'm going to share with you today uh, that uh, might be a little controversial. Okay, I might do that. But uh, before we get to any sort of controversy, uh, we want to we congratulate someone. And they're watching. They're on right now. Once again, what I hold in my hand here is one of three. One of three original Tony Vizic bobbleheads. There's the name. There's the body. There's the bobbling head. Name, body, bobbling head. Everybody on YouTube can see it. ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Let me describe it to you. It's a rather large bobbling head with gray hair and a uh, goatee with a smile, uh, and then wearing a black uh, polo shirt, black pants, and uh, holding a microphone. This is the official Tony Vizic bobblehead. Only three in existence. This particular bobblehead will never be created by us again. This particular bobblehead will never be created by us again. Only three in existence. One I'm keeping for myself. One that I'm keeping as a backup. In case, like, this one gets damaged, you know, or gets liver cancer or something. I don't know if bobbleheads get liver cancer, uh, but you know what? We find out new things every day. Who knew that um, you could die from breathing? But uh, that's new to 2020. Uh, not the TV show 2020. I don't even know that's on. The year 2020. Uh, but the bobble there might be bobblehead diseases? I don't know. We're learning more about bobbleheads every day. Bobbleheads are real. Uh, so we got a backup. There's only three. We may, and I'm announcing it here now, we may create a different Tony Visick bobblehead that's autographed, that's memorabilia, and then sell them to you. We're just trying to get a good price on a, but I mean like limited runs, like 50, you know, so that it becomes a real collector's item. And I don't know how many of you would uh, purchase that. We're going to do that. We might come out with Tony Visick uh, chess pieces. I don't know. But last night, Ladies and gentlemen, last night, during the 7 p.m. show, in the inaugural weekend at J.P.'s Comedy Club, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, uh, where I was uh, privileged and humbled to be the first headliner to take the stage at what I think is going to be a long-running uh, comedy enterprise, we gave away one Tony Vizic bobblehead. You had to be in the room. You had to purchase a ticket. Uh, uh, Jim Perry says, funny thing, Tony had people laughing hard, so hard all weekend, uh, heading up the club, everyone looked like a bobblehead. That's right, Jim. That's right. We're going to turn this whole nation into a nation of bobbleheads. Kevin Brown says, tattoos next. Uh, chessboard. Yeah, Paul Whitney, we're talking about a Tony Vizic chessboard. Maybe we start out with a Tony Vizic checkerboard, just my face on checkers. <laughs> Young Tony Vizic, old Tony Vizic, uh, instead of black and red. Uh, but... We had a winner last night, and the winner was Kevin Brown. If you're looking on Facebook Live right now and you're seeing in the chat, the guy goes, Tony Vizic tattoos next. Kevin Brown won, and me, it was so much fun. I had the top hat. Uh, we gave out the raffle tickets. Everybody got their raffle tickets. It's only about, you know, we were at uh, uh, social distance, pandemic seating, so under 50, you know, uh, for the size of the room. That's not only what we had to do, it's what we want to do. We want people to enjoy themselves, but we also want it to be a safe environment, all right? Uh, 
under 50, and I, as, as we were pulling out the tickets, man, and I was going, eight. It was, we had eight. We had six. Left at six. So it was the last two numbers that made a difference. And when I got to that last number, there were people. I was, I was jazzed how excited people were. People love bobbleheads. And who wouldn't love a Tony Visick bobblehead? I mean, look at his head. Um, Kevin Brown won. Now, a lot of people said the fix was in because they know Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown's a friend of mine. Kevin Brown does shows with me. But there were other people in the room who are friends of mine do, do shows with me, and they did not win. Kevin Brown won. Kevin Brown asked me, he goes, what are the odds? They went about 1 in 50. So it wasn't like there was 100,000 people who had bought like a raffle ticket to win the bobblehead, but wouldn't that be grand? One in 50, Kevin Brown won the Tony Visick bobblehead. Here it is right here. Here it is right here. So um, Kevin Brown says, everybody wants to be a winner. That's right. And Kev, you're a winner. Kevin's a winner. So that's what happened last night. We did three shows. We had a, a wing-dang-doodle of a time, I will tell you that. A uh, lot of great new young, uh, and not so young, some who I knew, some who I didn't know. Uh, beginning acts, people starting out on their career, starting out on their journey, starting their journey in their career. Uh, I got to see a lot of uh, uh, faces that uh, I haven't seen before. Looking forward to working with so many of my good friends here in the local dynamic comedy scene. This coming week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at JP's Comedy Club, uh, Jay Penn. I uh, booked Jay Penn to be what I think is really our first. I mean, I headlined the first weekend, but Jay Penn will kick it off. Jay Penn is one of the funniest guys I've known since the 90s in the Midwest. It's a killer, killer act. If you're looking for something fun and you go, I want to go out, I want to be amongst people, I want to enjoy myself, I want to be someplace where I get my money's worth, yet I still want safe social distancing where people are going to give me a hard time if I wear a mask, you know, a place where they got hand sanitizer right at the door and spare masks in case you forgot one, you know, and have a great fun time for a couple hours. JP's Comedy Club this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, with your headliner, Jay Penn. So uh, I showed you the bobblehead. The next thing I'm going to do is, uh, man, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Okay? Uh, but <laughs> don't do it, Tony. Don't do it. Okay? You know what? I'm not going to do it. Never mind. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get right to the music. Okay? Hey, uh, what else can I tell you about? Uh, oh, this is an interesting thing. Do you like... Uh, someone here will know who Kai Covington is. Paul or Kevin. I don't know if he's MMA or UFC. Is he mixed martial arts or is it uh, UFC? Uh, Kai Covington. Does anybody know who this guy is? I'm kind of waiting for someone to tell me right now. Uh, I think he's a mixed martial artist, arts fighter. I think he's considered one of the best in the world. And uh, I know he won a major fight last night. Obviously, I don't follow uh, the post-boxing uh, world of fisticuffs, the post-karate uh, tournament world of mixed martial art. It's not my generation's sport. I have nothing against the sport. Uh, Paul Whitney says he's not pro wrestling, so I'm no help. Sorry. Uh, Kevin Brown, will you Google the guy, please, if you're watching? Okay, I'm now enlisting the aid of my audience to help me with something. Uh, apparently he's one of the best and he won an important match last night. I don't know if it was a championship, but he won. Now I have watched UFC and I've watched mixed martial arts. And you know what? Whenever I watched it, I never went, this sucks. This is stupid. I guess it's pretty good. Okay. I grew up with a world where boxing reigned supreme in St. Louis, Missouri, where I grew up. 
the two major sports that were watched and loved were uh, baseball, St. Louis uh, baseball Cardinals, and uh, boxing. Coming up in the era of Sonny Liston, then Cassius Clay, who later became Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the great uh, lightweights and middleweights, guys like uh, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, grew up with a family of people who had either been Golden Gloves or professional prize fighters in my family. Pretty wrapped them in it. So that was my sport. But I lost interest in that because of the sheer brutality of it at some point in my life. So I got nothing against MF MMA. I got nothing against UF UFC. I'm not going to be posting anything negative about this type of fighting. I got nothing against watching two men basically in their underwear, no shoes, pound on each other and then wrestle around. After all, I did live in West Hollywood for many years, and that was a common occurrence on almost every street corner. So, <laughs> anyway, this gentleman won this fight. Pretty big fight. And afterwards, afterwards, not only was he uh, uh, hyped and excited, but he, uh, he then spouted a bunch of anti-Joe Biden stuff and anti-LeBron James stuff. He's kind of woke athletes. And I don't know if he used the word pussy or not. Cowards, something like that. Uh, and then he even took a congratulatory call from one Donald J. Trump live on the air. This all happened last night. Now, like I said, I'm not a big fan of MMA or UFC. Not a big fan. But I watch it. If it's on, I don't go, I'm watching that. And I'm not going to not watch it. Nor am I going to boycott it. Kevin Brown. Uh... Here's what it says. After three years, uh, he's telling us right now, after three years of trash talk on social media, former teammates Colby Covington, I'm sorry, not Kai, Colby Covington, and Tyrone Woodley finally met in the Octagon Saturday in the UFC Fight Night main event. The scrape between the, hold on, uh, the scrape between the welterweights lacked any drama with a dominant Covington stopping Woodley early in the fifth round. So they're lightweights, which means what, around 130, 140 pounds? Okay, very cool, very cool, all right? So then Covington just uh, really shit-talked Joe Biden, shit-talked LeBron James, took a congratulatory call from Donald Trump. I'm not going to stop watching MMA or UFC. I'm not going to become a bigger fan of it because of this. But I'm not going to call for its banning. I'm not going to be posting anything on social media, going, I'm done, I'm done with the MMA, I'm done with the UFC. I'm not going to do that. Now, you notice I'm wearing an Arizona Cardinals hat. I don't know what the score is right now. Uh, like I said, we had to go to the grocery store and spend uh, uh, about two car payments just to get food for the week. Um, UFC champion, they're all MMA fighters, though. Thank you, Kevin Brown. Uh, but I know that the last time I checked, the Cardinals were ahead. Uh, I don't know what the Rams did. I think they won. I like football. I'm not gooey over football, but I enjoy it. I've, I've gone to dozens of of professional football games in my life. I've morphed more into a basketball guy. Leave out this Clippers talk, you sons of bitches. Okay? Uh, right now it's go Lakers. Okay? Go Lakers. All right? I'm just glad they're playing. I'm glad the NFL is playing. I'm glad that uh, MLB, that they're playing baseball. And I'm glad that Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley got to have their match. And just because I vehemently disagree with Colby Covington's politics, or even... The thrust of his comments last night. I'm not going to call for its ban. I'm not going to call him names. He's a lightweight. I'm a heavyweight. Who knows? Uh, uh, I'm not going to do any of that. 
I think it's ridiculous. These people, these people who have the athletic ability and then the rigorous training, because it takes both now, in order to be a baseball player, football player, basketball player, in order to be a lacrosse player, in order to be a hockey player, in order to be a professional prize fighter, to be a UFC, it not only takes a certain degree of talent, but it takes an incredible amount of sacrifice, discipline, and training to compete at that level. And those who will sacrifice, and, and, and granted, the rewards are mighty. The sacrifices are great, but the rewards are mighty. Anyone, anyone who reaches that level does not then lose their right to speak out on what matters to them. I disagree with this little fella Covington. He's a lightweight, little fella. Um, little baby fella. I disagree with him. And people go, you can kick your ass. He's like 25. I think any 25-year-old. I'm 65. Come on. I disagree. I thought what he did was in bad form. I thought it was in bad taste. Me personally. Maybe you don't think so. But I'm not going to call for the banning of the sport. I'm not going to start calling him names. I'm not going to uh, uh, start putting on social media about it. These athletes all have a right to speak their mind, as do you and I. Kevin Brown says, clearly Paul Whitney doesn't care because most of them are not WWF e-fighters however some of them came from the wwfe but many of them come from the wrestling grappling background grappling okay all right so i thought i'd talk about that listen i gotta tell you something uh i uh i am a liberal i've been a liberal my entire life sometimes liberalism bucks up against progressivism i get it and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm behind the times i believe in innocence until proven guilt i believe that uh uh I believe that a human being is innocent until proven guilty. I do not believe uh, to, of death by accusation. I don't believe in any of those things. Um, I don't think the Confederate statue should have been put up. They were put up well after the Civil War. They were put up, put up to reinforce uh, a white supremacist point of view uh, that was uh, firmly entrenched uh, starting in the 1870s, 1880s. A lot of people don't know that there were black mayors, city councilmen, uh, state legislative people, state legislative people, uh, United States congressmen, I believe, senators in the 1860s and 1870s. By the 1880s, it was gone, and black people were totally disenfranchised. So that's why I'm for taking on those statues. I'm not for all the things that are going on. I bought this at the store today. No, I'm not going to show it to you. Never mind. You know what I'm going to do? Never mind. I'm not going to, you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to some people before I can even do it. You're going to have to tune in Monday or Tuesday. I mean, in fact, I shouldn't even go down that whole line of reasoning. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. We were talking yesterday about music, and we were talking about uh, Power Station. Power Station had a huge hit with uh, um, Some Like It Hot. Feel the heat, some like it hot. And uh, with a remake of T-Rex's song, Bang a Gong. Now, I like the original more than the remake, but the remake is absolutely great of Bang a Gong by Power Station. Who was Power Station? I told you yesterday, that, I told you Friday I would finish this story. Who was Power Station? Power Station was two members of Duran Duran, uh, uh, John Taylor and Andy Taylor, Robert Palmer on... Um, lead vocals, and I think the drummer from Missing Persons, but I could be wrong about that. 
and they had a couple of monster hits. They got together just for fun to do something. Thank you, Jeremy, for complimenting my hat. They got together just to do something. And their songs became big hits. So then they wanted to do a tour. Robert Palmer had made it clear that he would not tour. But they wanted to tour to back up the hits and make the hits even bigger and make more money, blah, blah, blah. So they had to hire a new front man for Power Station. First off, you had two Duran Duran guys, so that's going to sell pretty good anyway. Had a couple of hits. Uh, they went by the name Power Station, not Robert Palmer and Power Station. So <clears throat> I got this story directly from the guy who replaced Robert Palmer, and there's a lesson in it for all of us. And when the guy told me, he wasn't trying to share a lesson, but I, I was able to derive a lesson from the story. The man's name is Michael DeBar. Michael DeBar is one of those almost present at the creation guys. I've talked about him on my show before. I like Michael DeBar. He's a friend of mine. I've got, I got to know him over the years in Los Angeles from a certain circle of friends. Uh, I've had lunch with him, uh, with the groups of people. I had a lot of great one-on-one -on -one conversations. He's just a great guy and uh, is a classic front man in the mode of uh, uh, Van Halen, uh, uh, David Lee Roth, you know, one of those guys, just a lot of energy up front, Ronnie James Dio kind of guy. Uh, I don't know comparisons, but just those uh, comparisons, but just try to give you a picture. Uh, but never quite made stardom. Was uh, with a band called uh, Silverchair and the later on Detective, uh, the only uh, band ever signed to Led Zeppelin's label besides Led Zeppelin, the Swan Song label. Uh, appeared in motion pictures, television shows, and was touring with some band. It was down south when he got a call from his manager going, listen, Power Station needs someone to back the, uh, be uh, the lead singer on tour to front the band. Will you do it? And he told me, he goes, oh, Tony, I, was, you know, I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was making a living. You know? And he goes, I go, all right. And he goes, the thing was, at the time, at the thing, he, he, he was completely sober by the time I met him. A uh, legendary man, a man who walked a tiger through the Hyatt Hotel lobby uh, on the Sunset Strip in the 60s. The uh, legendary Hyatt Hotel known as the Riot Hotel next to the Comedy Store. If you ever hear the story of the massive excesses of the British rock, rock invasion of the late 60s and rock and roll in general late 60s, oftentimes the story of someone actually walking a tiger on a leash through a lobby, that was Michael DeBar. But by this time, he was totally sober. He goes, I was completely sober. He goes, I get on a plane. He goes, and they're all like, fucked up. They're all doing cocaine. They're all drinking. They're all doing drugs. He goes, it was a real, he goes, I was newly sober, so it was a real struggle. You know, they were giving me a hard time out there the whole time. There's groupies everywhere. I had a girlfriend. You know, he goes, he got, I go, so what'd you do? He goes, here's what I did, Tony. He said, I kept my mouth shut and made a million bucks. So here's a man who, by the way, is a great uh, and positive proselytizer for sobriety. This gentleman, Michael DeBar. He is. He's a great and positive proselytizer for sobriety. He's helped dozens of uh, musicians throughout his life deal with the problems of alcohol and drug addiction. I hope Michael doesn't mind me telling this. I'm not uh, breaking any sort of anonymities here. I'm just talking about things that he's done. Uh, I've seen him perform in small clubs. Massively entertaining guy. Funny, bright wit. And highly opinionated. As am I. Extremely opinionated guy, Michael DeBar. But when Power Station called and said, will you be the front lead singer on this tour? And he got on that plane. And every level of debauchery you could possibly imagine during the rock and roll era, even though this was well into the 80s now, 
still going on. All the drugs, all the booze, all the women, the private jets, the aberrant behavior was going on. He did not indulge. And when he was baited and baited about it, he just kept quiet and smiled. And in the immortal words of Michael DeBar, who could always remember this, in certain situations in our lives, I just kept my mouth shut and made a million dollars. Okay, I told you I would finish that story for you, and I finished it. Um, how much time do I have? Let's get to the music, shall we? Uh, I'm still working from, uh, what am I working from here? Okay, uh, wow, I had something for you guys. And now, let me see what I got over here. I, I'm just going to whip some. That's going to sound wrong. That's going to sound wrong. I am. I, I don't even know. what. Okay. But this is great. This is. All right. We've got this. Uh, uh, we've got this collection that I started years ago. Never completed. Uh, and I collect these. I don't collect bobbleheads. I'm a bobblehead rescuer. This is from the collection of A Year in Life. This is 1974. I've got about 10 of these. But it started with the year 1950. goes up to 1989. I don't have any of the 50s or 60s. I got a couple of 1960s ones. But these are great snapshots of what music was going on that particular year. Okay, and this was not a lot different. Oh, wait a minute. No, we already did this one. Forget it. Forget it. Let me grab a different year. My apologies. All right, yeah, we haven't done this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going with 1975. 1975. I'm two years out of high school. I'm 19 years old. I had a very good year, my 19th year. My life has always gone one good year, one bad year, two terrible years, three great years. And I think probably a lot of yours has gone that way as well. But in 1975, these were some of the bigger hits being played on FM rock radio. Uh, the Sweet doing Ballroom Blitz, which was not my music. Ready, Steve? Ready? It's a Ballroom Blitz, a Ballroom Blitz. So, but it was, you know what? It was a catchy pop uh, little thing and we liked it. Jigsaw doing Sky High, which I didn't like, but couldn't stop singing. Uh, Pilot doing Magic. This was really a bad year for music. Do we can do magic. It's almost all yacht rock. Sky High and Magic. Uh, Grand Funk Railroad, like many bands, like the Steve Miller Band, and what happened to Jefferson Airplane became Starship. Grand Funk had become gone from these boldly adventuresome uh, part, uh, part psychedelic, part blues, part rock, part jazz, experimental bands that were wildly popular with young people to just cranking out pop hits. And then what are their big pop hits besides a, uh, an odd hit of the locomotion played on a uh, uh, totally out of tune uh, lead guitar with a terrible mix on the drums that became a massive hit. The other one was Some Kind of Wonderful, which also was a remake. But Grand Funk Railroad had a big hit with that. But in 1975, one of the biggest hits, and I don't think it came out in 75. I think it came out before that. But it is on this compilation. I'll get to that last, that one. Uh, Sugarloaf doing Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, which nobody knows that song by them. All we know is uh, Green-Eyed Lady, which is a killer song. Jefferson Starship doing the last great song. Jefferson Starship did Miracles, Marty Ballin's Miracles which is just a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful piece of music, one of the greatest love songs ever written. So if we're going to recommend any songs, Cheryl, if you could put them into the, uh, uh, into the chat, we're going with, uh, do you have your phone with you? No. All right. You know what? We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. All right. Uh, we have, um, 
Uh, we want to go at uh, Jefferson Starship's Miracles. Funny story about the song uh, Miracles by Jefferson Starship. Early in her career, Grace Slick, incredible rock goddess of the late 60s, mid to late 60s, all the way through. She's talking about the kind of music they do, what kind of music she's like. She's, well, I'm never going to do any song where I'm going, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Yet on Miracles, she sings back up to Marty's lead, and she's in the back going, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, if only. So we're definitely recommending that. Um, and then uh, Michael Martin Murphy's Wildfire is on this, which was one of the great country rock tunes, soft country rock tunes. And then the monster, the monster, and I believe it came out earlier. I don't know why it's on a 1975 mix. Leonard Skinner's Freebird. Now, I don't need to talk to you guys about Freebird. Anybody who's of a certain age, listen to Freebird to death. We're done with Freebird. But if you remember back to when you first heard that song, it became one of the incredible anthems of our life. Just stunning and wonderful. So we're not going to recommend Freebird because that's too easy for you. We are going to recommend, okay, we're uh, gonna, uh, and we're not going to recommend It Only Takes a Minute by Tavares because this is uh, like a disco song that was a big hit. We are going to recommend Jefferson Starship's Miracles. And we are going to recommend a Michael Mar Martin Murphy's Wildfire, which is really, really gives you a, a snapshot in time of uh, uh, a kind of a soft country rock thing that was hard to define. Great story song. Uh, and it's about a place, the, uh, the, it's, a, it's a fictitious place because there was no mountain in the place where they were talking about. But uh, a stunningly beautiful song, haunting about lost love because uh, the girl is dead. The girl is dead. So Michael Martin Murphy's Wildfire and Jefferson Starship's Miracles. We're going to put them into chat. Check them out. Tell me what you think of them. You may know them. They may be songs that you still hear on a regular basis somewhere where you listen to them. They may be songs that you loved and totally forgot about, but really give them a listen. You may have never heard of them before, so uh, give them a try and find out if we brought something old into your life in a new way. Okay, that's it. That's all. That's our Sunday. Hey, tomorrow night, I'll be at JP's Comedy Club doing class two of my stand-up comedy workshop. If you're in the area and you're interested, stop on by and say hi. We'll talk about how maybe even get you in to the class, even though it's already started. Uh, and then um, I'm not performing anywhere this week, uh, publicly doing some private shows, uh, teaching workshops all week, loving every minute of it. Uh, and then uh, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, JPen at J.P.'s Comedy Club, 860 East Warner Road. Safe social distance seating, limited seating, but come out and see a wonderful comedy show if you feel comfortable doing it. For my wife, who happens to be my producer, Shirley Lovisick. For my dog, Roscoe, my dog, Chica, and my cat, Ray the Wonder Cat. I want to say thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. I think if we do that, it's going to add to things because then people will talk about the song the next day.